I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 28. Yay! Rockin' and a rollin'. Rockin' and rollin' and whatnot. <laughs> what movie is that from? Duh, Grease. Yes. Sandy. <laughs> okay. I have a thing. Wade, before your thing. Okay. More important than that. Okay. Why Nima? You are the shiz. Yes, you are. Tell her why. Oh, well, everything. No. <laughs> so, Wanima upped her Patreon. So, she is a beautiful creepster now. Yes, she is. And she gets the bonus episodes and she gets the bloopers. Mm-hmm. A discount? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. All that good, good, great stuff. So, for real, thank you. And also, thank you for all of your freaking amazing stories that you send in mm-hmm. for our sinister sightings. Yes. Now my thing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big news today. Okay. Bill Cosby was finally sentenced. Oh, my God. Hooray, mm-hmm. hooray, hooray. You want to know what he got? Yes, I do. Hit me with those fucking digits. All right. He has no less than three years and no more than ten years. Okay, so seven. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when you're baking and it gives you a range and then you just pick the middle number. (laughs) (laughs) I cook it 21 to 25 minutes and you're like, okay, 23. Mm -hmm. No. So, and he also has to register as a sex offender. Hell yeah. So I wonder if he's really going to serve all three years. Probably not. He's probably going to get like pneumonia. I mean, like, I don't mean this ugly, but like, he's probably going to get like pneumonia or something in prison and it either kill him or he gets, like, compassionate release. Probably. He's 80 fucking one. I don't care if he's 90 fucking no, one. No, no, no. I'm not saying he shouldn't. No, no, no. Send that motherfucker to jail. <laughs> Send it. He he did it. He guilty. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he did. No. He did it. He's guilty. A jury of his peers convicted him. Yes. Look, he's good for three years unless Tiffany puts the mouth on him and T- then he did. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, don't say anything about him. Don't even think about it. Fast forward through this segment. Just go. <laughs> you know, I, it's like I always loved Bill Cosby. And like the thing with Bill Cosby is that he makes really good fucking faces uh-huh. that make really fucking good gifts. And I want to <laughs> use them all the time, but I don't let myself because he's a piece of shit. Right. And I hate that. I know. Because some of his gifts are fucking good. Yes, they are. But I mean, we use like Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. Okay, but that's different. That he ate people? No, I'm saying, like, him making, like, a stupid funny face from the Bill Cosby show. I'm not using I don't know. Is that weird? Is that... Y'all let us know what you think. <laughs> to use or not to use Bill Cosby's face? <laughs> I mean, you don't can use go, it nope, for nope, 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 toilet nope. paper. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go somewhere. Oh, I was, but... Mustache riding and shit, and I thought you were going to take a big turn. Oh, no. No one wants to That's ride what those I was whiskers. <laughs> So I was like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> but you surprised me. <sighs> That's all I have. Oh, okay. Just that big fucking whopper of a news. I just wanted to just drop that bomb, let y'all marinate on it, decide how you feel, to gif or not to gif. Oh my God. Okay. So then this is where my brain goes, trying to make a fucking joke. I mean, albeit a dad joke. Maybe not even as good of a dad joke, but then I was thinking, 
how he always does J-E-L-L-O. Mm-hmm. And then I was trying to spell jail like mm-hmm. that. And then, yeah, didn't work out. Oh, I finally listened to Dr. Death. Finally. Y'all, go listen to that podcast. Unless you have, like, phobias about doctors, don't do it, though. Yeah, true, true. This is a true story. Yes. All about how. <laughs> His life got flipped. Turn on the dot. No. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, pissed me right the fuck off. Oh, God. So bad. I can't, like, so many. Uh, it's so bad. Anyway, yeah. so y'all go listen to it because it's really good. It's just a six-part series, and that's it. Yeah. So it's a quick listen. It's a quick listen, and half of it's ads. I was going to say. <laughs> I didn't want to say, but I wanted to say that there's a lot of fucking ads. I mean, it might be a mini season but damn they got their ads worth they got yeah like it was enough that made me go god almighty they got all the fucking ads normally i don't skip through ads but it's like because i was so in involved in the story Mm -hmm. that when it happened i was like fuck i want to know what's going next and so like i would skip them Mm -hmm. for that and i never skip ads and I was just like, oh, my God, there's literally three, and I want to know what happens next. And then you hear five more minutes, and then there's three more. Yes. So that was my only gripe about it. Yeah. But the, the people who do it are so big. Yeah. That it, like, it's like a production. You know? Yeah. They are not a little indie podcast. For sure. So, but anyway, good listen, quick listen. Yes. Check it out. The next one I want to do is that cult that... Tracy told us about escaping, mm-hmm. whatever. I want to do that one and funeral yeah, stories. Yeah, Tracy me too. has told us about that, and I haven't done that yet. I also started catching up on Ghost in the Burbs. Girl, I can't, I can't even talk because breaking fucking news, she tweeted at us. Like, she liked a tweet that we sent and she saved it as her background. Like on her, her phone. home screen. Like, on her fucking phone, y'all. On her phone. We are total fangirling right now. Like, I squealed. It hurt Marbu's ears. I was like, what? Like, I can't comprehend this right now. Liz, I love you. And I cannot wait till it's a show. I know this is going to be a show on Netflix, Hulu, something. It's going to happen because it's that freaking good yeah it's really good yes okay you ready to get going i don't think so oh i do have one more thing to say okay by the time y'all are hearing this oh yeah don't steal my thunder i'm not okay by the time y'all are hearing this tell them carrie (laughs) (laughs) okay by the time y'all are hearing this for real we will have new merch out Halloween merch and true crime merch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off, off, off Broadway. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. But- <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> I had to steal the thunder. I had to chime in. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't even know what I was going to say. It's amazing. That's all I know. Yeah, I like it. It's a lot of coffee cups, but I mean. Who doesn't need more coffee cups? And Kelly, before you say a damn word, listen in, my sister, who unpacked all my kitchen shit and washed <laughs> all my kitchen shit that had been in storage for four years and put it in my cabinets. Yes, I do need more coffee cups. 
like right. eventually she and my sister Christy just stopped. They're like, oh we're not putting gosh. more shit in these cabinets. That's hilarious. Figure out what to do with those four totes you have left of kitchen shit. <laughs> we're done. Mm-mm-mm. Legit, they worked on it for like two days. But anyway. Oh God. But she digresses. Everybody needs coffee cups. Yes. Everyone needs coffee. That's the damn truth. Coffee is life. Mm-hmm. Coffee from a true crime mug is Even eternal better. life. <laughs> yes. So check out the new merch. And the yes. old merch, if you hadn't gotten any. Yes. And if you become a Patreon member, you get discounts. Who are you? You can't make anything happen because you don't stick with it. Patreoner. Oh, what'd I say? Patreon member. Oh, like we're you're making... you're so fancy. <laughs> I'm Patreon a member. <laughs> <laughs> don't church it up, Joe Dierte. Okay, okay. Patreoner. <laughs> if you're in the creep anatomy I was and you're say, a patreoner because <laughs> we really okay they know this they know the joke all right <laughs> moving on to my story all right talk the, murder to me the story i'm about to do was on a few things that you may or may not have watched slash listen to so it was on an episode of your worst nightmare on investigation discovery that show that this is the second story i've done for uh, your yeah because I-, I know the one that you <laughs> talked about my boo-boo my boo-boo danny but you know what i have wanted to see that one and i i'm like new and reruns like let's get this going you know you can just download the id app and watch it because i totally watched this episode today on my lunch break you oh, can wait. have yeah, really? Yeah, just download the ID app. Now, you have to sign in with your service provider. Okay. Yeah, so, I like, got that. Yeah, and then you can have access to all what the episodes. What the fuck? You mean I've been sifting through this like I'm digging for fucking gold and, and I had, had access all along? to this the whole time. <laughs> Why did I sound like the guy from Sebastian from <laughs> Little Mermaid? <laughs> and you did your hands like that. <laughs> She's got crabs, y'all. He's a lobster. He's a lobster. <laughs> Look, I'm going to church shut up. I'm a lobster, okay? (laughs) Whatever. You're still crusty. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, it was on that. They also did this on My Favorite Murder. Oh, girl. And it was an episode of Forensic Files. Oh, shit. Yeah. I know. Look, all of my favorite things. So, I am doing the familial side from John List. John List was born in Bay City, Michigan. He was the only child of German-American parents, John Frederick List and Alma Marie Barbara Florence List. Oh, my gosh. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. His name was my name, too. So, they were a very devout Lutheran family. Okay. Went to church every Sunday, whatever else Lutherans do. (laughs) In 1943, he joined the Army. He was in the infantry as a labor technician in World War World War II. He was discharged in 1946 and then went to the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, where he got his bachelor's in business administration and his master's in accounting. Awesome. Smart cookie. And then was a lieutenant through the ROTC. In 1950, he was recalled back to active military status as the Korean War was escalating. So... He moves to Virginia, where he meets Helen Morris Taylor, who was a widow of another infantry officer who was actually killed in Korea. And so, they got married in December of 1951. Did he know the person? I don't think so. 
because that's like a romance kind of uh what's his name nicholas sparks kind of shit yeah like Uh, i'm here to tell you that he died and he wanted you to have this and then it's like i'm gonna take care of you and then it's like i love you and then it's like i'm gonna kill you i was gonna say this is not a love story nicholas sparks would write in 1952 is when, after he completed his second tour, he started working for an accounting firm in Detroit, and that's where they had their three children, Patricia or Patty, she was the oldest, Frederick, and then John Jr. I never understand why if someone names their second son John, it's like, why didn't you do the first one if you were going to do that? Yeah. I don't ever get that. But anyway. So, they bounced around a couple of different places from Kalamazoo to... Is that a real place? Yeah. (laughs) Never heard of Kalamazoo? Yeah, I thought it was like Timbuktu. (laughs) Timbuktu's a real place, too. I know. I figured that out in college. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can't tell you what state it is, but I can tell you Kalamazoo's a real place. Washington? I thought that, but I'm not sure. I'm thinking maybe because it was just talking about Detroit. What's the instrument you play? A kazoo. Oh. Yeah, it's in Michigan. From Kalamazoo, they moved to Rochester. From there, they moved to Jersey City, New Jersey. And that's where they buy this huge, like, Victorian-style mansion in Breezy Knoll. And it was a 19-room home. Huge fucking house. Holy Hannah. So it's him... His wife, Helen, their three kids, and his mother, Alma. Alma, Alma. check your battery. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love that name. Oh, my gosh. Right. The List family was not that of a happy one. Oh, for... Well, apparently not. They need 19 rooms to stay away from each other. Right. So, John List's... His wife, Helen was a bit of an alcoholic and by a bit i mean a lot Mm. so she she didn't work he did he was an accountant was basically like he was a comptroller at a bank so fancy schmancy job Mm -hmm. can afford a 19 19 year old mansion Mm -mm. 19 room mansion but again it was not happy helen was she drank all the time Like, basically, sun up to sundown. She was really mean, not only to John, but to the kids as well. Oh, for nobody Um, likes a mean drunk. Yeah, and I don't think, she wasn't, from nothing I found, she wasn't abusive. Like, physically. She Mm -hmm. was just verbally abusive. Especially to John. So, John was a very, exactly what you kind of think of when you think of an accounting nerd. And this a is guy. Co- no, this is coming from my mom and my sister accountants, and they're not nerds. And it's okay if you are an accounting nerd. He just was very, like, straight-laced. Mm-hmm. He's a Sunday school teacher at the Lutheran Church, you know, mm-hmm. which is a very conservative Christian sect yeah. or dom- denomination, you know. So, again, just a very straight-laced, rule-follower kind of guy. Well, Helen's previous husband, who was killed in action— was kind of what you think of when you think of, like, a man's man. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, again, this is, we're talking, like, 1960s, 70s. So, looking at, like, those traditional, not even values, but roles. Yeah. They were a very nuclear family. And then she had this husband that she 
idolized that was very strong and masculine and he died in duty mm-hmm. and she would often compare the two to John and and basically tell him how subpar he was compared to her husband that died right not only manly in the kind of everyday sense but he would she would compare them sexually to John and be like you're terrible he was amazing kind of thing and just berate him all of the time. I'd be like, well, we got kids, so you must have liked my two pump chump shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Two pump chump. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it did the job for somebody. Right? Like, I'd be like, okay, well, you suck, too. Just not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So, in the house, it was three stories, and on the the top, on the third story, that's where Alma lived. Okay. But, which, I don't, I can remember watching this on Your Worst Nightmare, and honestly, Forensic Files, because I've watched them all, even before I decided to do this story, and I was like, how does she go up and down all those stairs? They didn't have a... No. An elevator? Mm-mm. And she's, like, old, like, 81. Did they have one of those things where you sit and you go, no. like, up the stairs? Yeah, chairlift? No. Yeah, that's what that's called. No. And, but, and she had, like, it was, the whole third floor was hers. So, I guess she had everything she needed. And they would take yeah, her food and stuff. she was a freaking recluse. Well, that's the thing. The whole family was. Oh. They were, the only thing that they did was basically go to church and come home, go to school, come home. And that's how... John wanted it because he wanted them involved in the church, but he didn't want them involved in worldly things. Yeah. And the so secular world. Yeah. And so one of the things that became an issue was their oldest daughter, Patty was starting to get involved in school plays and stuff. And John was like, um, absolutely not. You're not going to become an actress. And she was like, but I want to become an actress. And he's like, um, no, the fuck you're not. That is too worldly and of the devil kind of thing. Right. And, absolutely not yeah and she was starting to hang out with boys more and you know have a somebody a boy come over to run lines or driver yeah. school and that kind of thing and so john just was pissed he was not okay with that that she's wanting to be an actress she's starting to talk to boys because it's you know of his he's of the belief that you don't date until you're like ready to be married right and you date who you're gonna marry or you court who you're gonna marry so the other thing, too, is that supposedly Helen had said that she wanted him to take her off the membership list at the church. And that because she never went to church with him. And she was like, I don't believe anymore. I want you to take me off the list. And so oh, he's like, fuck. can't fucking have that. Like, what does it matter if she's on the list? She just it's for her. I feel like it was probably the principle of it. She was like, I don't go. I don't believe in it. I don't want to be a member of that church. So I want to take rescind my membership. Right. I'd be like, all right, rescinded. Peace. Or be like, okay, I did it. And yeah. Then didn't actually do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So John had a, had a good job, made good money. He just wasn't good at it. Oh, shit. And so he had a lot of trouble with interpersonal skills and... Relating to his customers and that sort of thing. Made a lot of mistakes. And so they fired him because he sucked. Yeah. Um, he needs to do remote stuff. 
like yeah. me? Yeah. Can I be dry eyes? I was going to say you sound like Bueller. <laughs> What's that called? Telecommuting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. VPN in. That's all I know. <laughs> so he lost his job. Let me guess. Helen was like, my ex-husband would never have lost his job. Yes, scrub. Because he's so wrapped up in this image of being this provider and all of these things and leading this, like, godly life Mm -hmm. and God provides for his own kind of thing. So he did not tell his family that he lost his job. So he would go every single day. Like, he would get dressed for work, send the family off, would go every single day to the Westfield train station and just sit there. Like, read his newspaper. Oh, my God. I know this. You probably saw it on The Thing or My Favorite Murder. But if it's episode 20, there ain't no way I remember that. So, he's hanging out at the train station, reading his paper, people watching, whatever the fuck he did all day. Right. And then... When it's time for him to go home from work is when he'd go home and just pretend like it never happened. So that went on for a while. Oh, my gosh. Around that time, too, Helen started kind of having these, like, freak-out moments where she would have, like, hallucinations and would, like, lose vision for a little bit and everything. From the alcohol? No, actually. So she actually ended up having syphilis. From her previous husband that he got it when he was in Korea. Oh, he's an all-star, right? Mm-hmm. And so some stuff said that she hid it from him and that he that she pressured him into getting married by saying that she was pregnant, which I'm like, mm, so they're devout Lutherans that right. had sex before marriage? I don't know about that. But, but that she pressured him in saying that they... That she was pregnant and that she, like, made him get married in Maryland because Maryland doesn't, at the time, require a blood test. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't show her syphilis. Yeah. And so, and I don't know if that's still the law there or not. But, so in 1969 is when she had the checkup, like, because she was having all these problems that revealed ended up it was syphilis. Yeah. And so he wasn't at risk for getting it because it was like dormant in her like it wasn't it was dormant in her in that it could not be spread but well, it affected her. yeah but it affected her so he didn't have it yeah oh god if i was john i'd be like oh he can fuck better huh yeah he fucked that korean girl and got you a great little gift yeah the gift that keeps on giving mm-hmm. and so, taking your vision mm-hmm. so sit on that motherfucker damn she, Donna is lit over Helen. I don't like people who just like keep berate people doing like that. that. Yeah. Yes, it's like, like you push them to the brink and then get pissed when they break. Yes, but I just cannot stand that when people are like, "So and so used to do this." Well, they're not with you, mm-hmm. so move the freak on. Like I know he died, but like you got married. Yeah, like you wanted something, mm-hmm. so so just chill the fuck out. See, this is. I have I give zero fucks on that stuff. Why I'm single because I will go off on the stupidest shit and be like, "Oh, you like her? Go with her. Peace. <laughs> bye bye. Bye." Donna is lit. I wish y'all could see her face. You know that's how I am. No, I know Donna is fucking cutthroat. <laughs> Ex boyfriend that you know had like 20 years ago. Really though, it was like six. Go ahead. 
Anyway, but broke up with him because he invited his friend to go to a movie. And I hated his friend anyway. But it was that stupid No Country for Old Men. I didn't even want to see that fucking movie. But he's like, I want to see it. Because he was like a for real history buff. You know, I'm like, I'm not a history buff, but a history major. That thing. But it was when we were going to exchange Christmas gifts and shit. And I was like, I didn't get your friend a gift. And I'm not going to sit there and open presents in front of your friend. And he's like, whatever. He liked this movie. I'm like, he's seen it before? Like, and I was like, you know what? We done. (laughs) We are done. Like, if you don't want to come hang out with me and exchange gifts, we done. Yeah. Which which you're right, though. Like, it seems so trivial. But if you look at, like, the grander scheme of things and... Clearly, that was his decision. He mm-hmm. didn't want to just be with you and yeah. do this. He wanted his friend to be there. So, clearly, he wasn't in it to win it. So, deuces. Yes. But I am like, okay. <laughs> Hell no. I'm a bitch. I'm like you in every other situ- sitch- <laughs> every other situation in life, except when it comes to men. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you want to be an asshole? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? He called me uh, that night. After he watched the fucking movie. Oh, of course. But he was like, I really want to give you your gifts. And I was like, I mean, I'm going to take yours back. And he's like, no, I want to exchange. And so we went and ate. He paid for the meal and we exchanged our gifts. And I got what I wanted. And we were like, peace. Damn. But go ahead. Back to John. Sorry, that was my life. Okay. One thing that aggravated me is that there's a quote saying that because she was an alcoholic and had syphilis, the quote is, it transformed her from an attractive young woman to an unkempt and paranoid recluse. Um, uh, uh, fuck you. <laughs> oh my God, can we create that as a soundbite? <laughs> uh, fuck uh, <thank> you. <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, of course she went from young to old. It was fucking 18 years they were married. Right. I don't know. That aggravated me that that was like this quote. But I had to read it and bitch about it. So anyway, <laughs> we're going to fast forward. This is 1971. And everything's kind of at a boiling point. Mm-hmm. Helen is incredibly mean to him and his the kids emotionally abusive his daughters like doing the actress thing, but talking to boys. Yeah, rebelling. Mm-hmm. He lost his job, but no one knows. But Patty finds out. Oh shit! Patty finds some mail that talks about a foreclosure on the house, repossession, repossessing the car, like all this stuff. And so she's like, "Um, Dad, like, what the fuck is this?" Yeah, obviously she didn't say fuck, but. She's like, what is this? I mean, she was rebelling. She probably did. She may have. Okay, so what the fuck is this? What's going on? And he's like, nothing. Don't worry about it. And she's like, no. They're, like, talking about taking the house and the car and that we don't have any money. Like, what's going on? Because this whole time he had kind of been skimming some money off the top from his mom's account because he took care of her. So it was, like, just enough to keep him eating kind of thing. But he was her caretaker, too. So, But still. Yeah. So it was just kind of like this... At this boiling point mm-hmm. where something was going to give yeah. and crack and it was going to be John. So John feels like his life has fallen apart. 
his wife and his kids are going to go to hell because <laughs> his wife is an alcoholic and wants to leave the church and all this, all these things. And his daughter is going to be an actress and kiss a boy. I don't fucking know. Yeah. And so he's like, I got to kill him. <laughs> I got to kill him to save him. Yeah. I got to kill him before they go to hell. Exactly. Before they live their lives to send him mm-hmm. to hell. So picture it. November 9th, 1971. So picture it. November 9th, 1971. He gets his 9 millimeter semi-automatic handgun and his father's Colt 22 caliber revolver. Sends his kids off to school. And his wife is in the kitchen drinking her coffee, probably with a little Bailey's in it. Mm-hmm. Out of gonna... our true crime mug. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of them. And... He shoots her in the back of the head. Damn. Mm-hmm. And so after he kills Helen, she was 46, in the back of the fucking head, he goes up. Coward. He goes upstairs to the third floor, has a little chat with his mom, shoots her in the left eye. Damn. Yeah. So his mom was 84. I think I Damn. said 81 earlier, but I kind of made it up. So, but she really was 84. Damn. Yeah. So after he killed Helen and Alma, he goes to the bank to close out all of his accounts and his mother's account to get all the money. Then he goes to run some errands to tell the wow. newspaper, the mail, the milk, all of them. Hey, we're going to go out of town for about a month. My wife's mother is sick. She's dying. And so we have to go to North Carolina for about a month. So hold our mail, hold our milk, hold our papers everything so then he goes home makes himself a sandwich and waits for the kids to come home damn so a few different articles and shows have the order for like that the kids came home differently Mm -hmm. like some stuff says that patty and frederick came home at the same time some stuff says patty came home first and then the boys came home so just know that it, it may be Different depending on what you what you watched or what you read, but we're gonna go with it. When came did home. Sunny come home? I can't remember the lyrics. Sunny, Sunny came, came home. home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, so Patty came home and he shot her in the head, and then after that, and in, in the back of the head, and then after that, Frederick John Jr. Yeah, came home, but. And he shot them in the back of the head. But I do want to say, though, that you know how I said that some stuff has mm-hmm. them coming home different times. One thing said that when, okay, so that Patricia and Frederick came home, shot them in the back of the head. Then he went and watched John Jr. play in a soccer game and then drove him home. They had a good chat on the way home, drove him home, then shot him in the face and the chest. Damn. So by all accounts, John Jr., was the one he was 15 by the way frederick was 13 patty was 16 well that doesn't make any damn sense about the all the ages of the junior and the frederick yeah okay so just so you know i swear (laughs) to god one of the articles said that it was frederick and then john jr in age and that's why i was like why is it that doesn't make any sense so just know that i suck but not that bad (laughs) (laughs) but not that much Okay. Not enough. So, but it said that the that John Jr., when he killed him, that, uh, this is terrible to say it this way, but he just wouldn't fucking die. 
And so he suffered more because he was clinging on to life. And so he had to shoot him more. So he shot him in the head and then he had to shoot him in the chest, you know, just he had, I think he had like five bullet wounds. I can't remember, but he just had to be shot more because he lived through the first couple. And Helen woke up and said, my ex-husband could shoot better than that. Damn. (laughs) So sorry. So the blood splatter stuff indicates that they were mostly all shot in the kitchen. So after he shot them, he dragged them all into the ballroom because their house was big enough that it had a fucking ballroom. Right. So he dragged them all into the ballroom, put them in sleeping bags, Uh. and, like, closed them up. So in the ballroom was Helen and the three kids. Okay. In their sleeping bags. But he left his mom's body up on the third floor in her apartment because she was too heavy to drag down. Damn. Yeah. And so... Man, um, that'd be my luck. And so I'd even be alone. In death. Mm Mm-hmm. So after he killed everybody and put them where he wanted them, he cleaned up as much of the blood as he could. Right. And then he wrote a five-page letter to the pastor of his church talking about how... They had to die to keep them from going to hell, that he wasn't going to kill himself because suicide is the ultimate sin and right. all of these things. And so that he wasn't going to kill himself. So then he cut his face out of all of the pictures in the house. Well, that's tedious. <laughs> I wonder if he had an exacto knife or if he just folded them and cut a circle. I mean, if you want to do that, just light a cigarette and burn them or something. Oh, shit, that's smart. Yeah. Oh, he was Lutheran. He didn't smoke. Uh, Well, he killed people and Mm. lied. (laughs) Okay. So, cut his face out of all of the pictures in the house. Turned the radio up loudly on, like, a religious station. And then turned the air conditioner down to 50. Well, it's the November. But just made sure that the house was at 50. Yeah. So, it went Nice and cool. yeah. Yeah. Leaves all the lights on in the house. And just leaves. Because he ain't paying that fucking bill. Ups and vanishes like a fart in the wind. <laughs> what movie? Shawshank. So, now, again, you got to remember, the family's notoriously reclusive. reclusive. Yeah. yeah. And so, he also said, hey, we're going to be out of town for a month. So, there wasn't like it was newspapers piling up or the milk yeah. piling up or the whatever. Can I just say that I miss the days that I never got to experience of milk being delivered to you. I was just about to say, uh, you never had that. Yes. But, I mean, Walmart pickup, excellent. But shit being delivered to me? Well, some places have even that. Even better. Well, not here in rural America. Well, I don't know why you kind of sound like you were Yiddish. <laughs> Little. Anywho, anywho's it. I mean, I want milk delivered to me. and I You wanna... don't even drink milk. Well, yeah, but I would still like the opportunity. <laughs> and hello, You just want to have milkman. sex with a milkman. Yeah. <laughs> you know my motives. Pour some milk on me. Don't let it be skim. Okay, so it's been a while. They have been hearing the music. They've been seeing all the lights on, but haven't seen them. But yeah. again, you know, he told them about the milkman. He told the thing. He even told the schools that they'll be out. Yeah. So nobody's missing them. Well, all the lights, the not all of them, but some of the light bulbs start going out. The light bulbs are starting to go out. And so they're like, one, they ain't got no LED bulbs. Yeah. Two, 
what the fuck? Why aren't they changing them? Right. So they start get to, start to get suspicious, and so they call the police, and they're like, you really need to go check this out. So on December 7th, Holy almost fuck. a month, like it was 29 days. Yeah. Almost a month. Police go to the house to, to check on them. Yeah. And so when they get into the house, they hear the music going on, turn the music down, start looking around, and find all the bodies in the ballroom. And then right behind them is the, on the, you know, on the desk is the note. And in the note is where he tells them, or, you know, he says like, oh, and by the way, my mom's upstairs. Yeah. And so they go up there and find her too. So now they're like, holy fuck, where is John Mm -hmm. List? Clearly, this is him. He fucking admits to it in the letter. But where is he? And also... How the fuck do we find him? Because we have no photographs of him now. Oh. I know. I was like, why is he? Oh. Like, it. I mean, he really did a pretty damn good job of planning this out. Yes. So. Damn, that did not even make sense to me. I know. I know. And then in in the letter, he talks about how, like, that he only killed his mom because, it basically to protect her. Because he had killed all of them and didn't mm-hmm. want her going through, like, finding the bodies at her age. It would kill her and why put her through yeah. that kind of thing. So. Even though he shot her in her left eye. Mm-hmm. Like, poison her then. Good yeah. God. Well, and, you know, if you think about, to when you are have a manhunt like this, like, the first 48 yeah. hours are the most crucial, right? Well, he had. He made a, a whole fucking show about it. Mm-hmm. He had a month's head start on him. Yeah. You know, and so they found his car at the JFK airport, but then they couldn't find any evidence that he actually got on a flight. So they're like, fuck, where is he? And that, so at the time in New Jersey, they were saying that this was the most notorious crime to happen since the kidnapping of the Lindbergh baby. Damn. And so, because you remember this is 1971 too. One as well. (laughs) Not 71 too. So... They did find out, though, that he had traveled by train from New Jersey to Michigan and then Colorado, and then they 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 lost him. They they can't find him. Yeah. And so they're doing this huge man search. I mean, fifty statewide man search, man search, manhunt. I was like, that doesn't sound right. They have an arrest warrant for him, like in all fifty states. It's like this huge deal, this huge manhunt, and they cannot fucking find him. Right. So, he was in New Jersey all along. Flash forward 18 years. Holy shit. Still haven't found him. Don't know where the fuck he is. So, they decide to run him on an episode of America's Most Wanted. This is like, I think the first or the second season. I think the second of America's Most Wanted. Because they still can't find him. So, they had a forensic artist by the name of Frank Bender, to create, to sculpt a, like, recreation, an aged clay yeah. bust of his face, of what he may look like in 1989. Right. Again, 18 years later. And so they aired that on America's Most Wanted. And right after they aired it, they got a hit. Damn. And so this neighbor calls the FBI and is like, I think I, I think my neighbor is John List. Yeah. And so the FBI starts doing some digging. Well, ended up 
He did settle in Denver in early of 1970, took an accounting job under the name of Robert Peter Clark, who went by Bob. <laughs> that was one of the names of his college classmates. Ooh. But the guy the guy whose name he stole didn't actually ever know him. He just chose his name out of a hat, basically. And no, so, he probably had like this huge man crush on him the whole time. Like, right. He probably I wish yeah. I could be him. He's so smart. He's so blah blah blah. He's so manly and blah blah blah. So which is why all that shit Helen was telling him yeah. was triggering. Anyway. So he was a comptroller at a paper box manufacturer outside Denver, joined a Lutheran car, uh, church there, ran the carpool for church members who were, like, didn't have transportation. Like, you know, yeah. how they call them shut-ins. I hate saying that, but yeah. drove the carpool for to get people to church that couldn't mm-hmm. otherwise. So while he was doing all of that, he met a lady by the name of Dolores Miller, and they got married in 1985. Whoa. So in 1988, they moved to Virginia, where he continued working as an accountant under the name Bob Clark. So on June 1st, 1989, is when he was arrested at that Richmond accounting firm where he worked because, again, it was the neighbor, Mm -hmm. but that neighbor was from Denver that was like, hey, yeah. Um. This is this guy. So, of course, he was like, for a couple of months, it's like, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. And they extradited him to back to Jersey. And then they had, you know, fingerprints that matched his army records and fingerprints that matched from the crime scene. Mm-hmm. And so finally he was like, okay, okay, okay. I am really John List. And this was in February of 1990. So he held out for yeah. a few months. So it went to trial. He, of course, had to see a different psychiatrists and stuff to test. And they said he had obsessive compulsive, compulsive personality disorder. And that's why he had basically this compulsion to kill his family to keep them from harm. On April 12th, 1990, he was convicted on five counts of first-degree murder. At his sentencing, he denied responsibility he said that i feel that because of my mental state at the time i was unaccountable for what happened i ask that all affected by this for their forgiveness and understanding and prayer but it's like clearly that was premeditated as fuck oh hell yeah which means you knew what you were doing yeah because you got the money out Canceled the, the school, mm-hmm. canceled the, not canceled, but you know what I mean, told them they'd be yeah. out from school, canceled your mail, canceled your mail, milk, canceled your newspaper, canceled everything. Yeah. You knew what you were fucking, it burned your face out of the thing. Uh-huh. You know, or cut it, uh, you know, cut, cut his face out of the stuff. Yeah. But anyway, so the judge told him that he, because his name is John Emil List, and the judge said that he is without remorse and without honor. It said, after 18 years, five months, and 22 days, it's now time for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John F. List to rise from the grave. And then he got five life sentences to be served consecutively. Bye, boy. Yeah. So he filed an appeal, of course, and said that because of his time served in the military, he had PTSD, and that they also argued that... 
the letter that was found at the crime scene that it should have been inadmissible because it was the letter was written to his pastor and oh, so gosh. basically it should have the same confidentiality of a confession to a priest because it was to his pastor but like federal courts were like one you don't have PTSD and two absolutely fucking not about the letter being yeah. should you know being inadmissible so he said later he said that his quote was i wish i had never done what i did i've regretted my actions and prayed for forgiveness ever since okay yeah and then in 2002 he had an interview with connie chung and when she asked him like why didn't you kill yourself he said that he believed that suicide would have barred him from heaven where he hoped to be reunited with his family. Oh, Lord. Like, give me a fucking break. Mm-mm. So, in, on March 21st of 2008, while he was in prison, he died at the age of 82 from pneumonia. Okay, so aside from the actual murders themselves, this might be the saddest part to me. <laughs> oh, my God, there's a dog. No. Okay. I'm, I'm being extra. So, in... In August of 1972, this was about 10 months after the murder, someone burned down their house. And they like it's still unsolved to this day. But in the home was one of the ballroom ceilings had a skylight mm-hmm. of stained glass. And it was an original signed Tiffany stained glass. Holy fuck. Today's equivalent in money would be worth almost $600,000. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And so now there's there's a new house on there that they built in 1974, but it's just like, oh, God, original yeah. Tiffany stained glass. Oh, my God. Like, fuck. That's why I said aside from the actual murders. Yeah. And, you know, the horrible loss and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to each their own. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is the familial side by John List. Let me make a list of everything that I hated about that. Oh, my God. Uh, I've been waiting to make that joke. <laughs> Clearly. I'm like, list, list. I wonder if he likes the list. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Loved it. I, I feel like I did that one pretty quickly. I mean, like, you could have gone on and on and on and on. Yeah, no, about, that like, was good. About, like, his life. Prior to everything. Yeah, like, his life on the run and... You know, a little bit more about, about the family. That and, on the run because yeah, cause fuck he doesn't him. deserve it. Yes. Yeah, because fuck him. But oh my god, though, I feel so sorry for his his new wife. Yes. Could you imagine? No, I'd Did be paranoid. Kid- Tin foil hat, whatever. Put it on me because I would be so fucked up after mm-hmm. that. It's like th- this story could be on like eight different ID shows. Like, the one it was on. Uh-huh. It could be on the Who the Bleep Did I Marry. Yes. What is it when it's like the murder beside me, but it's not? It Evil lives here. Evil lives here. Yes. Love that neighbor. <laughs> no, that's not it. Hate that neighbor. Mm. But they didn't kill each other. So that's yeah. not a thing. I don't know. A lot. But this story has it all. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I don't get how he kills his kids, you know? I mean, I do in that he was... However, you know, like, whatever he was going through, like, he believed it. Mm -hmm. He had made himself believe it. You know, at 
in his core, he did not believe that. Right. But he made himself do it Mm -hmm. to reconcile it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Well, and I think it goes back to what we always say that any extreme of anything Mm -hmm. needs to be avoided. Yes. You know? He's this, like, ultra Lutheran Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, avoid all things secular, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Well, now he's in the secular crowd. Well, didn't know you won't miss you. Yeah. So sorry for your family, though. I know. Bless it. Though, honestly, I mean, I wish he would have done it a more gentle way. You know, because I just feel so bad. Even though they weren't looking at him, Mm -hmm. in my heart of hearts, I feel like... You feel that, and you're like, what the fuck, my father, and then you die. You know, whatever. I don't know. I li- I, I think I choose to believe that, again, them being shot in the back of the head, that I'm sure they had some sort of sense that something was happening behind them, but I think it was probably so instantaneous okay, that it didn't register. The only person I think that suffered at all was John Jr. Yeah. And... I don't know how much. I don't. I don't know. I'm choose to believe that he was shot in the head and he was still alive, but he wasn't aware. You know. Yeah. I think that's the way I that I can so. handle some of these stories. But I'm like, one part of me is like, well, I'm glad he did that to his mom, only mm-hmm. because after you get down three flights of stairs, I'd be like, <gasps> gotta sit. And then if I see them all there and like. Yeah. You, she can't take care of herself. All of this, like, right. well, and what if she had lived there for like a month mm-hmm. because she had everything she needed? Then it's like, oh wait, I need groceries. You know, Where John. Yeah, John. Well, and the thing in your worst nightmare, of course, it's a show, and they do reenactments, and so you don't know how much of it is true because there's really no way you can know some right. of those things. Yeah, but like, so like. Whenever he was, so his wife, part of like what he made, she made fun of him. And that was like one, one segment they were like eating dinner, but they were eating dinner out of like TV dinners. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we're in this huge grand, like ballroom dining room thing. And we're eating TV dinners and like berating him from that. And then it shows Patty taking one of them up to the grandmother mm-hmm. and then the grandmother being like really weird. Cause she's like old school German Lutheran yeah. old school. And like asking Patty, is she staying pure basically? And oh Patty's like, oh, okay, I, I gotta go do homework, you know? And so I think that yeah. there was just such an odd family dynamic. Just if any of that is even remotely true, the family dynamic was just so poor that. Yeah. And, like, with the dying and seeing things or not seeing things, like, it showed his, like, his wife, Helen, again, just talking shit to him. And so he was like, well, you won't have to worry about that anymore. And then, like, shot her in the back of the head. And then it showed the daughter coming home and being like, mom, and then him shooting her. And then the kids, that showed the kids coming in at the same time, being like, let's go play. And then... They're like, Dad, no. So, Oh, my gosh. But they're shot in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I think that some of that's fluff for the show. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why I'm like, you know, 
some stuff had different orders and that they came home in. You yeah. Know? So I don't know. I I for my peace of mind believe that because they were shot in the back of the head, they never saw it coming, and they were just dead. Yeah. Bless it. Well, I hope they have peace now. Me too. Okay. Picture it. Okay. You're in a beautiful scenic national park in South Wales. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Do I have to hike? No. Okay. Then. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So you are in your car, not hiking. Oh, even better. Okay. Yep. Air conditioner on? Yep. Okay. So you leave, and after two turns, you drive up a road that's only used by a couple of local farmers to get their sheep up and down the hill. Like, authentic. Right. Then, at the end of it, in the middle of fucking nowhere, under a mountain, it's, again, scenic, peaceful, between apple trees, there's a house. And it looks amazing. And it looks like it would be the most idyllic place. Like, jigsaw puzzles... That's what this is made of. Okay. But, dun, dun, dun. It's haunted. (laughs) I wish y'all could have saw her eyes. Like, So, one of the, it's a couple who lives there, Liz and Bill Rich. Okay. And this is what Liz says about it. Don't be misled. It's not always like this. Sometimes the mood in the house is so awful That you think the only escape can be to kill yourself. (gasps) Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, so when Liz and Bill moved into this remote farmhouse, and it's at the foothills of Brecon Beacons, that's a national park, Mm -hmm. they thought that they had found the house of their dreams. A house that they can make a home, raise a family, you know, live their best life. Isn't that always how these stories begin? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's why I'm building a house. I mean, you could be building it like on a burial ground. It is. My mom's buried in the yard and dogs and cats. True. (laughs) That sounds so... Her mom was cremated. (laughs) It's not just like... uh... Yep. She's in a biodegradable urn. Well, half of her. (laughs) The other half's in the living room. (laughs) Yeah. She watches TV with me. That's why she changes the channel. Mm -hmm. She got it right under the TV. She's Uh, like, this bitch, I can't fucking see the TV. She's got me under it. (laughs) Not facing it. Son of a bitch. Oh, damn. That is too funny. All right. So, like you said, however, the next six years is the exact opposite of a slice of heaven. It was a living hell. You wrote that down, didn't you? I did. Damn. What? Huh. You're so clever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so they claim that they were terrorized by supernatural forces that drove them to the edge of sanity and almost killed them. <gasps> so the land that they live on, their farm, is known as Hellfire Farms. Or Hill Vanog, I think. Okay. I couldn't find a pronunciation of it. <laughs> so there's that. YouTube and Google uh, let me down. I was going to say, they failed you. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. 
All right, so what I'm about to tell you is their account of what happened. So they had been looking for a place to rent for months. You, we know how that is. Mm-hmm. So they were pleasantly surprised when someone offered them this amazing, idyllic slice of heaven for such a reasonable price. It was a barn that was converted in the 50s. So, again, remote, just like a good old, old home, you know? Mm -hmm. And it had a 40-foot studio on top, like on the top floor, where Bill could paint because he's an artist. So he's like, I have my own studio. This is perfect. And like, who would not be inspired by all the scenery? Yeah. So Bill, like I said, he was an artist. He painted animals on like bright canvases and just, you know, living his best life, loving being inspired. Yeah. So the first summer was perfect. His work really took off. He was actually featured in some magazines that were local. He couldn't stop selling stuff. Like, he was... On fire. On fire. Liz got pregnant. Congrats. You know, so it was just... Everything was wonderful. Then, in the autumn of 1989, shit started to go wrong. So, they had one blissful year, and then six, not so much. The first problem was late one night, Bill was downstairs in the bathroom, you know, doing his shit. Literally. literally. He said, quote, I remember it so well. I heard footsteps in the hall above me, big footsteps, like a man in hobnailed boots stomping on the floorboards. I went upstairs and Liz was feeding the baby and Damien was asleep in his room. There was no one else in the house. Who's Damien? So, let me tell you, that is Liz's stepson. It's Mm. Bill's from a previous marriage. Gotcha. Also, what the fuck are those boots? I'm picturing... Mm -hmm. What is it called? Steel-toed boots. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing, too. But I don't know. Okay. So, that was kind of weird, but old house, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you can reason that away. Then soon the smells started happening. Sulfur? Mm-hmm. Probably because they have a son named Damien. Yes. That was a joke early uh, later on. But, okay, thanks for ruining that. <laughs> well, or, like when you first said Damien and I, when I said, who is that? I almost said the devil. <laughs> then they started to see apparitions. One time Bill was in his studio and paintbrushes flew through the air. Uh Uh-uh. They're not supposed to do that. No. Only in, like, Sword and the Stone. Mm -hmm. If I would have not stuttered, it would have been great. I mean, it was a close one. (laughs) You were almost really funny right (laughs) (laughs) But it did paint an image. But a... Oh, Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what what moment I'm picturing from Sword and the Stone? Oh, yeah, when they're cleaning the kitchen. Yes. Of course. (laughs) But that is one of my all-time favorite movies because the female squirrel in that scene, like when they change into squirrels, Mm -hmm. she is my spirit animal through and frickin' through. Very thirsty, knows no personal boundaries, (laughs) fluffy as fuck, Mm -hmm. and all around 
freaking amazing. You know the witch that Marlin fights? Yes. That's my spirit animal. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. When she had measles. I don't know. That's when I'm most identified with her. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> oh, my God. We have to watch that again so we can see me and you in our natural state. <laughs> okay. Back to the spooky ooky. I didn't write that down. Uh, well, I was going to say, did you make that up? <laughs> Okay, and then on top of that, Bill's luck began to change. He was, you know, flavor of the fucking month, mm-hmm. went to, couldn't sell a fucking picture. Oh, God. So they started collecting massive debt, you know? Then to pile on that, they were getting unexpected high electricity bills. One bill was 750 pounds. Cool. Which is... A lot uh, more in American dollars. Yeah, $988.43. Fuck! Yeah. And so, Bill said that we had worked all of that out, and if we had all of our appliances running 24 hours a day, we wouldn't be able to run up a bill a quarter of that size. And so, he, he didn't know who was using their electricity. Yeah. They're thinking... It's not us. So someone is stealing it. Yeah. Because, again, they live remotely. So if they have electricity, someone might not. You know, whatever. Right, right, right. Somebody's got, like, an RV parked out back. (laughs) So they called because there were huge power surges taking place on the property. Even when all the lights were out. Even when the family was not even there. So how'd they know? Because, you know, it meters. Oh, okay. And, like, one time they had someone come out, but, like, read this. He said, okay, turn off everything. So they turned off everything, you know, like, at the breaker. Mm -hmm. And the meter is still just, like, running, like, racking up the thing. And he's like, you must have missed a light. Not if they did it from the breaker. Right. And he's like, no, we, like, everything's Gucci. And he's like, "Mm, I don't know why that could happen. Um, because it's a ghost. <laughs> I know why. Mm-hmm. So then, after that, Liz saw something like white flashing lights. She described them as being almost lasers at the barn at night. Well, then, a little bit after that, their animals started turning up dead. <gasps> Don't hurt the animals. Yeah, it was like a pig went mad. Like, it would, you know, be one of those that come inside, go out in the barn, whatever. It just started squealing everywhere and, like, being hostile. Mm -mm. So, they had to put him down. Oh, God. Yeah. And then, and it was like a pet, you know? Yeah, 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 And so, that was just, like, a really hard decision. But they have young kids. Right. Because by this time, she's had another kid. Okay. So, then some lambs. They were being born blind, deformed, or dead. God. And it was all after she saw these laser lights Mm -hmm. in the barn. So every animal that was pretty much healthy would just randomly turn up dead. Okay, so then after that, she saw the flashes of light happen inside of her house. And they were going, like, room to room. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So she's like, all right, this is not someone stealing electricity from us. This is not the provider being, you know. Sketch. Mm-hmm. Like, something is in this house with us that we don't know about. Liz, they had a show called, it was a documentary called True Horror. It was like a local mm-hmm. station. And so they were, she was interviewed. And so in the show, she said, when I went into the barn and I could see the blue white lasers, I was terrified. You know that logically this cannot happen, but it has. Damn. And oh my God, that just breaks my heart too. Like to be like, what do I do? Yeah. Nothing. You can't do anything. No. So while they're in the house, Liz and Bill, they claim that they felt watched and that they, like, just could feel strangers' eyes, like, drilling into their backs. Mm -hmm. So they're on edge. They're, you know, it's uneasy, unsettling, and they have young kids, all this shit. It's not going well. Massive debt. Yeah. And electric bill that's just racking up. Could you imagine? No. And, like, what do you do? Oh, I have a supernatural power here. Right. They're going to be like, we don't care. Pay your fucking bill. Exactly. Or it's going to be turned off. Though maybe they could have been like, Casper, turn on the lights. Right. It, instead of the clapper, it would have been a Casper. Oh, my God. Did you write that down or did no, you just come I up just with that? No, I just came up with that. That was good. I like it. Thank you. One night, back to not Casper. This was not a friendly ghost. One night, Liz said she woke up to see a tall hooded figure standing, just standing there at the foot of her bed. Nope. She said nope. the yeah, she said the feeling of being watched is actually more terrifying than seeing things. If something is watching you, you're assuming that the next move is to do something. Raw panic would come over me. I knew something was going to happen. Shit. So around this same time, their two children who were young, Ben and Rebecca, they began to see a figure of an old woman who would appear in the darkened corners of their playroom. Mm -mm. She would just sit, sit there silently, like staring at them, but never say anything, never really move, you know. Becca, Rebecca, now as an adult, she said that she never spoke and she never moved. At that age, you just assume it's normal. I don't think we ever told anyone about it. So, you know, they're fine. They're just like, okay, she's watching us, whatever. But it's still creepy. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. But then Liz, she said she saw this old lady on occasion five times. Mm Mm-mm. So she wasn't just in the playroom, right. you know. Well, I, like, I cannot even imagine. No. And I don't think as a kid, well, because one, I mean, I have to put myself in their situation. They're out here, like, in God's country, and they probably don't know. But, like, as a kid, if someone then was, like, lurking in the shadows, mm-hmm. not talking, I'd been like, uh, stranger danger, mm-hmm. get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But again, well, but this was we also, had OG parents. Well, and also this was 1980, well, probably in the 90s now. But, yeah, you know, like it was really just kind of where people were starting to be more into the stranger danger, though. 
That's when we were. No, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, it yeah. was, I mean, maybe it hadn't made it out there yet. Maybe. So, at one point, Liz found an old photo in the house. And when she looked at it, she recognized that old lady. And she found out that that was the mother of the previous owner of the farm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was she a good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> that is funny. So, another thing about Damien, he was 14 years old at the time, mm-hmm. and he lived with them for a few years. When they moved to the farmhouse, though, shit started getting weird with him, and they were convinced that he was possessed. Oh, God. So, what do good parents do when their kid's possessed? Ship them off to boarding school. Exactly. No. Yes. <laughs> Oh, my God, that's great. Yes. How'd they afford it? Who knows? You know, you make you make do. You make sacrifices <laughs> that live without power. <laughs> that's so funny. Yes. Oh, my God. Not call a priest. Like, yeah. <laughs> all the things I could have said. I know. After the hauntings started, he, Damien, you know, Devil Damien, he painted his room blood red, oh, God. and he became increasingly erratic and irritated. They said developed a permanent sneer, and that his eyes would radiate blazing fury. I, I mean, mean maybe, he's a teenager. I was going to say, maybe he just had resting bitch face. <laughs> I mean, don't we all? Right? One time they said that he spat in his father's face. And Bill, quote, saw it wasn't Damien, that someone else was behind his face, in his face, much older and incalculable, nope, incalculably, oh my God, how do you say that? Incalculably. (laughs) Girl, I don't know. Incalculably. Incalculably. Okay. Okay. I don't know why Bill has to be so smart. (laughs) He's Bill Nye. (laughs) The science guy. We knew. I know. I just had to finish it. Okay. He was evil. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Oh, gosh. There was no denying it. He was evil. Yes. So they're like, look, he loves Red. He's crazy. He's mad. Like, all of these check off for puberty and Mm -hmm. adolescence, but they're like, no. Straight to the devil. Yes. Because their young son could never be like this if he well, wasn't possessed. He's fucking 14. Right. And in the middle of nowhere and... Bored out of his mind. Mm-hmm. No video games. No Game No Boy. dirty mags. Nothing. Look, no Game Boys to be found. <laughs> nothing but weird-ass pigs. <laughs> oh, shit. Never mind. I ain't going there. Uh-uh-uh-uh. Don't go there. I know where you were going. Yep. Not doing it. So... Fast forward, this is just, like, to end on this part of it. Mm-hmm. He returned years later as a stable adult. Of course. hmm They still maintain that he was possessed, but, I mean. Meanwhile, he's like, I hated my stepmom. I was right. jealous of my two younger siblings. Right. And I was bored. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you read his autobiography? No, I just know kids. <laughs> Which is why I have no kids. <laughs> Look, I was about to say, wait, do you drive a white van with no, <laughs> no windows? <laughs> so, 
we're done with Damien because okay. you know he's out of their lives. Mm-hmm. Out of sight, out of mind. Right. One less mouth to feed. With all of this, again, they're on the break of like a fucking nervous breakdown. Bill's personality began to change. Yeah, she shipped his kid off, and he can't <laughs> sell any damn thing. He can't sell. That's how you said it. He can't sell. Well, because uh, I whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he would spend more time up in his studio, and sometimes he would work throughout the night. And again, he's not selling paintings, right? So, Liz is struggling to hold it together. Bill's ferociously working on his fucking paintings, like painting with his toes and shit. <laughs> Not really. I just ad-libbed that, people. Thanks. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, it is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you were pa- you're trying to paint with mm-hmm. your toes. So, Bill became isolated from his family. You know, he is consumed with the house, doing this painting, like, doing paintings and stuff. And they began to be not the bright, cheerful art that he had before with all the animals Mm -hmm. and stuff. It was dark and abstract. And you can just feel the torment in it from the uneasiness of the house and all of that. Two examples of his artwork. One had... Uh, depiction of corpses floating through the air. Damn. And then another one had brides, but they had blood gushing beneath their veils. Well, that, to me, is some serious Freud shit coming uh-huh. out on his paintings. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it speaks more to his marriage than right? fucking a possession. Right. I'm just saying. I'm no psychologist. I just play <laughs> one on the podcast. <laughs> So, more so than just that, he became obsessed with the occult. He bought old books about the supernatural. And so, he was like, we're going to be mentally tormented by this supernatural force. I have to learn about it. Like, that's what he said at the beginning. But then it's just growing and growing and growing. And he's, again, consumed by this. Yeah. So, in the True Horror, that documentary, mm-hmm. they showed some of his artwork, like, a recreation and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, satanic, quote-unquote, symbols and whatnot. But he did have one commission piece. And it was for a horse for a local farmer. So, he painted it just like his old self. But he just kept having trouble with the legs. So he'd go in and try to change them a little bit. Just took forever. And he's like, this is what I can do. Like, he just could not get them right. Well, after he finished the work, he learned that the horse itself died after suffering an injury to its hind legs. Oh, God. But it's just weird. That he couldn't do the legs. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I don't know if that's chicken or egg. You know, like, if he caused that or not caused it but whatever is in their house if that was that or kind of like an omen you know what i mean what caused what yeah so one night they woke up to bill and liz they woke up to the sound of their bedroom door creaking open and then they said that 
in their ears, they could hear like a rush of blood pulsing through. And they said it was almost deafening because it was just like in their ears, Mm -hmm. like a whoosh. And then just like, I feel like your heartbeat kind of in your ears, but so loud. Kind of like in movies when they. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yes, that's what I'm picturing. They're, like, dealing with all of this, like, what the fuck is happening? And then they're horrified when they see a blackened skeleton hand (gasps) curl its fingers around the latch and then slam the door shut. With its fingers still in it? Mm Mm-hmm. And then it was gone. Damn. But can you imagine, like, a blackened skeleton? I don't know why the fuck you had to do your hands like that. (laughs) Yeah, it's like finger by finger. Just I, yeah, I get it. Quit doing it. <laughs> <laughs> what about this finger? Is that better? Oh, my God. <laughs> so then, in a fucking panic, because they're like, who, what, who, what, you know? Yeah. Turn on their table lamp, and there's a hooded figure Ooh. standing motionless at the foot of their bed. Mm-mm. And they're like, holy fuck. Yeah. And then it's gone. What? Yeah. So, double whammy. Mm-mm. So, all of this is happening, and people are like, well, it's just happening to them. So, like, can we believe that? Yeah. Well, they had a camper in the fields out back because... I told you they did. That's why their their electricity's <laughs> getting used. Well, no, he wasn't, like, it wasn't a camper. It was, mm-hmm. like... An RV? No, it was, like, a person camping because it's a national forest, mm-hmm. and so Here's they're, like... electricity. <laughs> So he said that he saw a silhouette of a man. Oh man, I thought you were going to sing it. I see. No, because I was thinking the reason why I missed that opportunity was because how you said your eyes were closed. No, because of how you said he said he saw. I was like she shed by the shoe shore. <laughs> Somebody lit my she shed on fire. My she shed by my she shore. Okay. So he saw a silhouette of a man. Baba Ganoush, Baba Ganoush. Oh my Ganoush. God, <laughs> you're terrible. <laughs> What's the word? Oh, Scada- see, see, you don't even know. Yeah, it's that Scatamoosh, Scatamoosh, Bada Bada Bandango. <laughs> see, I like Baba Ganoush, Baba Ganoush. <laughs> don't do that. I'm not even hungry, but I want Baba Ganoush now. You're welcome. <laughs> That's not a good thing. Okay, so he saw a silhouette of a man looming upstairs in the window. And it was, like, all night. You know, he'd look and the man's there. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, when he told Bill and Liz Liz this, because it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, what were y'all doing kind Mm -hmm. of thing? They're like, oh, no, we were asleep. Yeah. Like, we good. We didn't see us. And, again, it was a figure of a man, which they have seen. Right. Now on two occasions. And now it's finally not just them that's seeing it. Yeah. Okay. So, again, they're at their breaking point, you know, on the edge of sanity. So, Liz is like, look, I'm about to call this Baptist minister, David Homewood, to exercise a property, something. And Do Baptists do that? I don't know. It said Baptist minister. So I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. So David, the minister, he came and he was like, I want to save you and Bill from the devil. Oh, God. I see 
I see him all around, all the times, you know, trying to threaten to tell, to tell, well, to steal the soul of the good. Can that happen, though? I have no idea. Okay, go ahead. But it's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, where did you find him? 1-800-NEED-EXERCISING. So, David went around each room, like, checking to see what's, what he feels in the room. Mm-hmm. So, again, he was going through the rooms, checking to see what he could feel, what he could sense, and just trying to see what might have caused this. And he he went to Bill's studio, and he was looking around, like, looking at his paintings, and Bill went in there, and he's like, you do not need to be in here. And... David's like, no, I do. I'm going around, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And Bill's like, you do not need to be in here, like, up in his face. Yeah. And he had, like, that weird, wide-eyed. Kind of like Damien did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blazing, blazing fury. But this is what I wrote down. He had that weird, wide-eyed, crazed look, like a demon had him by the balls and squeezed. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, David's like, look, I see some shit up in here. Well, he didn't say shit, but I see some stuff in here. You have some books on supernatural, the occult, these paintings. You need to burn all of this. Okay. And he said that the belief is that those things acted as a gateway to another dimension in which spirits might pass. However, I feel like that kind of goes back to that, the hands that resist him painting and stuff. Like, if he was feeling any certain way or whatever and put that into that painting, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it could be, like, transferred or something. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, you know how they have those haunted paintings and all of that. Like, I don't know. But, I mean, whatever. Well, here's the thing, is that if the house really was haunted from the jump, Mm -hmm. I mean, I really don't believe that him bringing in those occult books did anything. No, but it could give them more strength. Well, I don't think you're supposed to burn shit like Ouija boards and stuff. Right. So that was a bad idea, Pastor Dave. Well, yeah, that is his name. Never mind. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't call him at home, so I didn't know he liked to be called Dave. (laughs) So, at this time, like, Bill is like, um, sure, okay, bye-bye, Dave. <laughs> and, you know, Liz is, like, over there doing the sign of the cross. Mm-hmm. And Bill's like, girl, bye, I'm up in my studio. You know? So, again, they are growing apart because yeah. she's scared for her life and he's, like, living it up. Right. So, then he began to create even more disturbing images and again distance himself more then at one point like in their lowest point Liz said she was inside their house and she saw a seven foot tall figure moving across her kitchen dressed in all black with the head of a bird what yeah what yeah so she was like last straw Cannot stay here anymore. Freaking the fuck out. Like, what am I seeing? 
so she like gathered her kids and was like, we gone. Yeah. Peace out. So she is like knocking on Bill's door in the studio. Like we have to get the fuck out. Yeah. Like this is, I don't even understand. Like I cannot comprehend what I'm seeing. Yeah. Shit's, it's steadily going and it's getting worse. Yeah. Stronger. And he doesn't answer. Because it was him. Just does not answer. And she's like, Bill, come on. We are leaving tonight. Like, we gone. Yeah. Won't answer. So she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I've got to protect my kids. Yeah. Got to protect myself. He's a grown man. Like, whatever you're going to do, you're going to do. So she leaves with the kids. Goes to her mom's. So while Bill was alone, he began... To spiral even further downward. He began having terrible thoughts of self-harm. And he would actually picture himself. Like have visions of him cutting himself with a knife. uh, Hurting and like harming Liz and the kids. Oh God. It you know was just like consuming him. And he was in another state. You know. Mm -hmm. Well so... Liz hadn't heard from him in, like, a week, I'm sure. Like, I don't know. I can't remember the time frame. But she's like, okay, I need to go check on him. Because, like, haven't heard from him, you know. And, like, we married and he's the father of my kids. Yeah. Um, And I don't want Damien all by myself. Damn. Um, <laughs> so, she returned. Found that the power had been cut off. <gasps> Damn, in a week? Well, you know, they were behind, like, months. True. The final, like, demands for bill payments were littering the floor. Just a fucking mess. She said that there were manic drawings all over the walls. Oh, God. And all I can picture is, like, she went into Stranger Things. You know, like, when she's, yes. like, trying to communicate with her son. Yes. It's, like, all over that. So she, you know, entered this house and it's total chaos. So then Cherry on top, she found Bill and he's standing almost in a comatose state and he's muttering about dead bodies walking through the house at night. And just like, like the muttering, stuttering, just what the fuck are you talking about? You're babbling, but he's like dead eyed Standing still and, like, where just the top of his body is kind of, like... Swaying a little. Mm-hmm, but, like, mm-hmm. that fidgety, like, sway but not fluid. It was, like, a twitch almost. Yeah. Liz is, like, 911 emergency, but not to 911. Sorry, that was terrible because you can actually call 911. It's to David, old Dave. And she's, like, I need you. Like... Bill's in another realm right now. He is fucked up. So she said, forgive my French. No, I'm just kidding. Damn. Um, <laughs> so David comes. He returned. <laughs> Maybe he did come. I don't know. He returns. She's up with his girlfriend. Comes, <laughs> goes, no. He makes a bonfire and throws all of the books, all the paintings in it. Okay. So they're standing around the fire chanting a blessing like for purity of the property and then at that moment like while they're chanting this a book 
comes like bing out of the fire and it hits Dave right in the freaking head. Damn. Mm-hmm. And Liz said it was like Satan was trying to get him back. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, my gosh. That's so, like, what? <laughs> Be like, not the face, okay? Not the I face. I mean, that's my moneymaker. Mm-hmm. He could, he could have been a televangelist. For real. Had they not smacked him in the face. <laughs> no, that would be, that would give him cred. True. You see this? I went through the fire of hell. Literally. And I, and I was, I. Came uh, out victorious. <laughs> yes. You give tithing and you give tithing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So that wasn't the only exorcism performed because it worked for a little bit, but it was, I mean, because probably because he was a Baptist I was going to say. Not that. So they actually got this kind of a celebrity exorcist, Eddie Burks. He made a name for himself in the 1990s on Ghost Hunters. Damn. Mm-hmm. He was credited for reading the ghost of a Queen Mary execution victim, like, on that. And so he was just kind of well-known. Well, he's a little interesting and a little kooky-doo. Well, I mean, I feel like you have to be. Right? But he says, I don't know why this article had this, but I'm just going to read it. He said that he's still in contact with Anne Boleyn. Okay. And she is apparently still fuming. At Henry VIII and the whole beheading situation uh, almost 500 years later. Well, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, uh, okay. Like, duh. Uh, Right? I mean, that would be too. Yeah. I mean, what else does she have to do for the next 500 (laughs) years? Just sit there and fucking stew. Right. Oh, God. Again, I think, I don't know why they included that, but I just, that cracked me up. Like, who is your best friend? Well, I'll tell you about Anne Boleyn. Me and her gab all the fucking time. She is so pissed at her ex. (laughs) He did her wrong. He ghosted her. Literally. (laughs) Made her a fucking ghost. (laughs) Oh, my God. Burks arrived, and he soon identified a mysterious, quote-unquote, pre-Christian presence. Question. Yes. Was Hubby back to normal at this point, or was he still comatose, practically? He was more normal. He wasn't, like, muttering, like, dead buddies, okay, so he had that pre-Christian presence, and he claimed that a creature, a powerful evil force that was conjured by a Celtic tribe, could be disarmed by his, quote-unquote, power of imagination. (laughs) For the small price of $1 million. (laughs) With his pinky to his mouth. Yes. So he proceeded to perform an exorcism with Bill and Liz in the house with him. And he tells a couple that he is dragging the creature into the Christian era. Okay. So at this point, Bill said, like, he can't see anything. Like, okay, you know. But then he started to feel a tingle in his fingers a tightness in his chest, and a pressure at the base of his skull. Then, right as this is happening, there is a crackle of power that blasted through the tape recorder in the corner of the room. And it was like a lightning surge. 
you know, like a yeah, a loud fucking noise. Like right at this point where he's feeling this, the guy's saying that he's dragging him into the Christian era. Mm-hmm. So it's just like mm, what? And so then the house grew noticeably brighter, and then Burks like let out a breath, like. I think I will let the thing rest now. And that ended the exorcism. End scene. And so it was okay after that. What? Mm-hmm. It was okay. But it still wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. But the damage was done. And even though the house was okay, Bill and Liz wasn't. And they got a divorce. Oh, bless it. Mm-hmm. And he... Bill actually died before the documentary was done. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't really get good, yeah. you know, information on him or anything. But this struck me, and I was just like, oh, gosh. So, Liz, when this is how she kind of ended the documentary, she said, there are a lot of people who just float through life, and it's all nice, perfect, and easy. I've wished a million times I could have had one of those lives. Oh, God. Yeah. So, there was a guy named Mark Chadburn. He was a journalist, or is. I don't know if he's dead. Um, he, Damn. <laughs> he is a journalist, and he covered the case later. And he said it seemed like a really nice place, like we said, but there was a reputation that the house was haunted, like, before. Mm-hmm. He said that when he spoke to a lot of the neighbors, they weren't really surprised at the goings-on at the house. And he said that he interviewed priests, ministers, preachers, and spiritualists. And one of them said that they believed it was a witch's coven there in the past, which performed rituals in the building. And then another one said devil worship Or that an ancient Celtic deity that had been summoned on that plot of land before. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what he could find out, like, whatever. But while he was researching and interviewing them, he was in Bill's studio and he said he felt something unseen, obviously, but touch him on the nape of his neck. Right where he got that pain. Mm-hmm. So, that's all I could find on that. And because he also wrote a story, so a lot of the same yeah. shit's in there. Yeah. But, so, they think all of that. However, Bill and Liz, they blamed another entity, and that was the Egyptian god Horus. Because years before they moved there, they enjoyed holiday at in Egypt, So, they visited the Pyramid of Cheops, and they actually went into the structure's burial chamber, and Liz also witnessed the tiny lights like lasers there. Oh. Mm -hmm. And so, then they had some nightmares after going there, Mm -hmm. 
And Bill said he suffered dreams plagued by a beaked or hooked nose figure. <gasps> like she saw. Mm-hmm, resembling the Egyptian falcon god Horus. Oh. And it, he is the god who supposedly guarded the tombs of the dead against mm. unwelcome visitors. And so they were like, shit, is he haunting us or cursed us because they entered the sacred tomb? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. And so that made me think about that Egyptian tomb that they opened, that uh, sarcophagus. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this was years later. So I'm not saying that's what happened, but like how people are like, ooh, a curse, blah, 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 blah. And other Mm -hmm. people are like, nothing's happened, whatever. But like, what if in a couple of years something does happen? Yeah. Like, we don't associate it with that. Yeah. But just weird. But yes, that kind of goes back to what she saw in that kitchen that time. Damn. So that is the story of Hellfire Farms with Liz and Bill Rich and their possessed son, Damien, um, and the two other kids. <laughs> yeah, that are totally fun. Yeah. That is it. Awesome. I mean, definitely some like, Ooh, yeah, things. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, that ending kind of just pulled it all together, though. Yeah. I mean, that really does make sense. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard because, again, they don't have a lot of evidence like other people have had before, you know. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, again, they don't really have... They're not making money off of this. Right. You know? So, I don't know. Bless her heart. Even if what they lived with hell it could have been like a poltergeist almost if they were having uneasiness in their marriage and then that just kind of went on you know i just hate that no matter if the ghost stuff was real or not it put such a strain on them that they couldn't work it out yeah i hate that for them yeah the kids and their kids okay what did we learn okay so this is what i was going to say don't judge a book by its cover Because, like I said, it looked idyllic, and Mm -hmm. this was, you know, a slice of heaven, but it was turmoil for them, and it tore their family apart. Yeah. Well, that also goes goes along with John List, too. Mm -hmm. Don't judge a book by its cover, because they had this huge house, Uh appeared to be this, like, upstanding Lutheran family. Mm -hmm. He fucking lost his job. Went to the train station. Like, and it was all a fucking lie. Yeah. 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 So, definitely don't judge it by just a glance. Okay. Number two, I would say be honest with your family and yourself because John, he was so scared of not fitting that mold and disappointing his wife, who constantly berated him, and he wasn't good enough right. like her ex-husband. And so, better than being a failure mm-hmm. in her eyes, he killed her. Yeah. So, it's like... Be honest with your family. Yeah, be honest with your family. Also, I feel like with the split of Bill and Liz, how they were, mm-hmm. they weren't honest with themselves. Yeah. You know, and so Bill was like, oh, I'm looking at this to see what's going on. But he wasn't. He was being, like, led to look into it to, like, 
harness more shit. Yeah, like harness more energy and create a mm-hmm. source, basically. Like he was, yeah, he wasn't trying to help the situation at all. But I think that he thought he was, though. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that was the Wells version of Amityville Horror, but it didn't end in, like, bloodshed. Yeah. Oh, three. Check on your people. Yes. I mean, the fucking list people, nobody saw them for a month. Mm-hmm. Which, granted, he had set some things into play, you know, for it yeah. to, for them to not. But, like, if there's... but. If they're supposed to be gone, mm-hmm. and you hear music and you see lights, like, to me, that would cue me in, like, something's up. Like, wait, I thought they were supposed to be gone. Yeah. And then Liz not checking on her husband for a week. Like, when you said the first time when she was, like, knocking on his door, like, we're leaving today, and he didn't answer, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, he's killed himself in there. Right. You know, I that was my broke thought. it down the fucking door. Yeah, there was no way. So... And then, so she waited a week, and then when she got there, the state that he was in. Yeah. So, check on your people. Yeah. Because even though the haunting got easier after everything, you know he never came back from that. I was going to say, you don't know what he went through in that week. Yeah. Like, to be in, like, almost a catatonic state. Yeah. It was not okay. Mm-hmm. What, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and just think about if there was no lights on... And they're in the middle of a national park. Mm-hmm. It's pitch black at night. Right. That can make you go mad anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, you see shit. And then if you think your house is haunted or whatever, like, I cannot right. even imagine. Don't judge a book by its cover. Be okay with being yourself. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Live in the imperf- imperfection. You know, I mean. Nobody's perfect. Right. Don't take the drastic measures to protect your image. Yeah. You know, if that's not truly who you are. Right. It's okay. And number three is... Check on your people. Yes. Check on your people. And remember... Creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.